This is the Risky Mix podcast, where we speak with those people changing the mix in the insurance industry. Sharing their personal journeys, their inspirational stories, and answering the questions we all want answered. You're listening to Raj and Katie. We really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. This person is an advocate for diversity and inclusion within the financial services sector, taking proactive roles within the Women in Protection Network, sitting on the CII Ensuring Women's Futures Market Task Force, which we heard about on a previous episode of the Risky Mix podcast, and is a mentor for young women from disadvantaged communities through the Girls Network charity. Welcome, Hilary Banks. Hi, thank you. Now, to, to start off, we really like to ask a personal question of our, of our guests so that listeners can kind of get a feel for who you are. So we would love to, to know, in the life of Hilary Banks, you know, mm. what's your morning routine? Oh, <laughs> where do I start? <laughs> um, I mean, look, so I've got two small boys and a husband, so I've got a seven-year-old and a four-year-old, and I live in uh, West Sussex, so I am currently, or have always been actually, a two-hour, I'm two, kind of two hours door-to-door from my home to the office. Wow. And I don't, you know what, I don't think everyone r- realises that. I think often, because I've been working in the office for so many years, and I kind of, I, yeah, I, I don't actually think people do genuinely realise the, the time it takes me to get there. Um, so my morning routine, so I've basically got these two small little children, and I, I actually set... So my alarm goes off at five thirty. Wow. I get out of bed at quarter to six. And I, do you know what? Actually, it's not it's not too bad because I don't get on the train. I don't leave the house till seven, mm. which okay. is that's, that's okay. Bad, that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, and I walk through the office door at nine o'clock. And often girlfriends will say to me, "Why do you set your alarm so early if you're not leaving the house till seven? And I think I've learned with the children that I don't because I work full time and I'm not there I suppose as much in the week that I don't want to be that parent that is shouting at them before I leave the house in the morning because I'm rushed yeah and I'm running around frantically and so I've got this kind of really lovely routine in the morning with them where I set my alarm early my seven-year-old is the earliest riser in the world so he's often with me sitting on the floor of the dressing room at like 6 a.m and he'll sit with me for an hour or half an hour and chat to me while I'm getting ready (laughs) so it's all just really calm and but I think that what people, I think if you haven't got children, I think what you don't realise is that by the time I've actually left the house, I have, you know, frantically been running around trying to find my three-year-old goes to a, or four-year-old goes to a forest nursery, so trying to find, make sure his salad pets have been washed and dried <laughs> in time and that their lunches are ready and that have I got, do they need everything? Have they got everything that they need with tickets and I often put a wash on and oh sending, setting reminders for the nanny and have I remembered all the things that they're doing this uh, week? Right, and, right. and actually then I've got a 20-minute drive to the station and I think that time often I'm reflecting on what have I forgotten? Okay, and I okay. use that drive like what have I forgotten because I will have forgotten something and then as soon I've got three minutes on the platform where I'm frantically messaging my nanny like okay so <laughs> this parcel's arriving today this is happening this is happening can you do this can you send that to the post office and she literally gets 10pm she gets like this whole barrage of whatsapps from me 10pm at night when I'm lying in bed going ah I forgot to do this and then they're like at 7am she's getting a whole new series of messages <laughs> And I think that's what people don't realise. And Mm. it's then that, like, you know, suddenly thinking, oh, no, the Ocado shop's arriving and I meant to edit it and I've completely forgotten. So now I've got got double of everything arriving today that I didn't need or I've got nothing arriving that I need. And 
it's all that stuff that's really, really hard to manage. And then I walk into the office like, good morning. And as though I've just had a normal morning and it's all fine. <laughs> I think that's amazing to know that, Hills, because, I mean, we used to work together. You were you were so calm and, and controlled and, like, un, yeah, yeah, unruffled, like, in the office. And I just had no idea that you were doing all this other stuff yeah, from, like, 5.30 on. It's hard. And do you know what, a funny story. So about, um, so my, my, my youngest, who's four, he, he we have a combination of a nanny and he's still at nursery. And he's got this amazing forest school nursery that he goes to where he's basically, there's no indoor space. They're outside in the mm. forest from morning till oh, night. Wow. And I mean, it's the stuff of dreams for toddlers, yeah. right? And, um, but now that it's winter, I've got him this amazing little thermos pot that basically means that he can have hot food. Because I had this thing where I was like, I just don't like the idea of him being freezing cold in the woods yeah. having like a cold sandwich. Mm. So we've got this lovely new thermos pot that we put hot food in. And there was just massive miscommunication with my husband and I one morning. And I had a text. I was in a meeting in London. I had a text message from the nursery saying, oh, hey, I just wanted you to know that Herbie just opened his lunch and it, there's nothing in it. And that's what happens. That's the oh. challenge being working parents. Yeah. Is that I'm the fit the feeling that you have of just absolute painful horror guilt. Mm. Everything goes through your mind. And my poor child is at in the probably in the rain and he's got no lunch. Oh and it's just it, there's you know, unfortunately, I'm always gonna be in that position yeah. where things get missed. Yeah, of course. And it's so hard. And my children are incredible and often, you know, my poor my eldest will go to school and he comes home and says, Mummy, I was supposed to take a Christmas decoration for the school tree today. I'm like, Oh I didn't mm. know about that. Don't worry, they had a spare one, Mummy, don't worry, it's fine. And it's just awful. And you oh just, I think as a parent, working parent, you just have this constant guilt because mm. you can't be on top of everything. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's really hard. There, You know, it's amazing and I, and it's a choice, but it's hard. No, absolutely. And, and, and so that brings us kind of onto your career then. So you have yeah. a, a senior position at Vitality. Yeah. Tell us about why you entered the insurance industry and, and kind of ha- what your journey's been like to date. I didn't, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And ba- I was working in a wine bar, behind the bar, 18 years old. And I, a f- there was a female lady, a customer that used to come in and she just bought this holiday home in Italy. And she was a financial advisor. Mm. And I remember chatting to her and her saying to me, well, you know, Hills, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I just, I just don't know. I have no idea what to do with my life. She's like, you need to go into financial services. There are no women in financial services. And she said, you know, women don't trust men in financial mm-hmm. services. Mm-hmm. And often men don't either. So there are so few women financial advisors and those that there are are doing incredibly well. Yeah. As you know from, from individuals that you've, you've interviewed on the yeah. podcast. Yeah. And... And she just completely inspired me. And she was in her early 40s. She didn't. She was working part-time at this point with this wow. holiday home overseas, living in this beautiful town in Sussex. And I was like, right, I want a bit of this. So I then went and tried to... I started studying for my FPCs. Bear in mind, I had no industry experience at all. I thought, I don't know that I'm going to be able to actually do this without any experience. So then got a job as a mortgage broker... Okay. where they basically put me through all of my C-maps. Okay. So I did all of my C-maps and was a mortgage broker for two years. And I, I didn't enjoy it. I think I was probably, who knows why, I was think probably quite young maybe okay. and didn't probably appreciate what I could do with it. Yeah. Um, but then found myself 
in business development roles. So initially working with Bright Grey, who you might not remember, but were a new insurer, insurer to market and actually sim, really similar at the time to say Vitality. Yeah, right. They had this pink brand. They tried. They were trying to innovate the market. Really young, exciting team. So I joined Bright Grey. And then from there, I think being a female in financial services actually probably helped me in my earlier career because there weren't many of us. Mm. And so I think you become recognisable and people remembered me. Yeah. Um, so actually, I think in my certainly my earlier career, I think it was actually less of a hindrance and more of a benefit. Really, it's a very interesting point, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Very interesting point, but it makes sense. I guess you stand out a little you bit stand more out. against a, a backdrop. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so actually, I find my I found myself in a situation. This is I, you know, I was young in my early twenties, being headhunted. Right. And so I, you know, and I think when you're younger, you you naturally don't probably stay in one place very long anyway. And so I went from Bright Grey then to Fortis Life, who were, again, a brand new insurer to market at the time. And I worked with them, I think, from memory, I probably joined them about a year before we launched to market. So had that whole exciting period of, like, developing the proposition. And um, and then when I, Vitality, when they first launched to market, they approached me. And I hadn't been with Fortis long enough. So I just felt like, no, it's too it's too soon. And then they approached me again about 18 months later. And I'd gone from Bright Grey, who was this really exciting insurer, to Fortis Life, who were a very traditional insurer. Mm. And I think then something about Vitality at the time, I just thought, I love the people. I love the brand. It's so exciting. Yeah. I'm going to give this a go. Mm-hmm. And 10 years later, I'm still here. Yeah. But I've held, a, I've held a number of different positions. But that's the challenge. I think actually the challenge that we have is then in that as you're trying to climb within an organisation. And I've had two children yes. as well within yes. my period at Vitality. And naturally, as much as it shouldn't, it has an impact on your progression or it slows it down potentially which is wrong but it happens for a period of time so obviously you've had you know a lot of change over that over that 10 year period with vitality um in your personal life so how has that impacted your career and and what has that done to your personal life so it's yeah so the balance is i mean look we um my my children and my husband really we don't know any better our mm. life is our life and we ma, ma, my husband and I are both very hard-working individuals that it was never a question that one of us would be at home we would always work and that's we're yeah. very ambitious and driven for that um I think from my career from my career having two children has definitely slowed it down um, and I think it's, re- it's really hard for that not to happen when you take a time time out. And I think during the period that you're pregnant as well, you know, I don't know how many examples you mm. will find of women being promoted, given pay rises during a period of pregnancy and maternity leave. I, I don't not think many. I know any. No, no. And I, it, it's hard. It's really hard. And I think you come back to work in a really difficult position of, the confidence that you, and I don't know whether that is part of your hormones, whether right. it is having the career break. I'm not sure what actually is the reason that you come back to work lacking in confidence, but every woman does. Right. And I don't think there's anyone that I've spoken to at Vitality that sub- have subsequently had children that have come back feeling really confident and great, I'm back to work and I know exactly how I'm going to manage this. So, mm. But you do and you feel, you feel a little bit lost and you feel like you've been left behind. 
Right. I mean, look, I, and I felt like that. And, you know, because, you know, we, we, you've seen me at events talk about it. I had 12 weeks off with my first child. It's horrifying wow. now, I think back. 12 weeks. Right. And I went, I started back at week 13, full time at Vitality. And commuting to London, I was still breastfeeding. Nobody knew this. What? Nobody knew this. So I, and bear in mind at the time, so I was the first female, well, f- certainly first probably senior or f- semi-senior female that had a baby at Vitality. And at the okay. time we were a joint venture with Pru, um, Prudential. And look, as a woman, I think it's different now. It's certainly different where we publish our maternity policy now at Vitality, and I think most businesses do, and fantastic. But yeah. at the time, that wasn't a thing. Okay. So I couldn't go to my boss and say, could I please have a copy of our maternity policy? Because my fear was they would know then know that I was yeah, thinking about yeah. or about to tell them I was pregnant. But that yeah. shouldn't even be a thing. Shouldn't no, be a I thing. Mean, yeah. So yeah. I never asked. And I just assumed naively that because we were we were part of Prudential, that the mm. maternity policy would be great, mm. being a, a large organisation. So when I actually fell pregnant and told um, Vitality and then got a copy of the maternity policy, to my horror, six weeks, I was paid six weeks, okay. full pay and a cliff edge and then absolutely nothing but a statutory. Okay. And um, I remember having a conversation with my boss at the time saying, so I'll be back at, on this date week 13 right. he went oh no oh but you don't need to you know don't you don't, don't need to commit to anything oh no no I, I will commit because I have six weeks pay because you have to so yeah, I have you, to be yeah. back at week 13 yeah. I physically my, my family can't afford for me not to be so I'll be back on this day and I was back on that day and it's funny because at the time I think I didn't know any better because it's my yeah. first, thank god it was my first child really because I didn't know any better and so I went through my maternity leave not knowing an alternative and actually, so I think I was just in this whirlwind mm. of back at work. So I was still breastfeeding through the night, breastfeeding in the evenings when I got home. I was expressing at work in the toilets. Nobody knew. Oh, and I had no women at Vitality that I could really, and not certainly in a position that would understand, mm. yeah. that I could yeah, talk yeah. to. So you feel, did you feel quite isolated? I felt really isolated. Yeah. Wow. And then, then what happens is you fall into this awful trap of not not being authentic. Yeah. yeah. And and feeling like you have to be kind of quite masculine. And and I, and I only realise this now. You know, you go through so you know certainly knowing that I was going to come and talk to you. You start thinking back to your journey, thinking I've spent these years kind of almost trying to be a man in a man's world. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know why I've... And I still fall into that trap. You know, there are still examples that I can give you every week where I will do something and joke, make a joke about being a parent and trying to juggle it, whereas I should be joking about it. I'm a mum. Yeah, absolutely. And I have two children. Yeah. And sometimes they need me, and that's yeah. okay. But you do go through this period where you basically pretend that you can do everything. You don't talk about your children at work. Because yeah. you don't, because you're proving that you it's going to make no difference to me and my career, and I can do everything that a man can do. And that's the way that you have to be. And that's how I, yeah. I felt I had yeah. to behave. Yeah. How did you get, <laughs> sorry, how, how did you get through those, those first weeks and months of... I can barely just, remember it, really. Really? Honestly, well, I you do... must have been exhausted, oh, they, so, actually. But I, your body, you, you, it's, our bodies are incredible things, right? They just survive and they cope. Um, but I, you know, it was that commute, and you've got my fight last feed feed with my eldest was at four a.m. And you can't shoot, you can't 
design a baby's routine, right? They they tell you, they dictate right. their routine. So his feeds were like 2, 2 a.m., 4 a.m. So I'd be doing, and my husband did the, like the midnight. So he'd do the midnight. So I'd go to bed at 10, do a feed, go to bed at 10. He'd do the midnight. I'd do the 2 and I'd do the 4. And then my alarm would be going off at 5.30. Honestly, you know when it, you don't, I'd look back, I don't know how I did it. I don't know. I probably just on like autopilot. It's autopilot. But you can't, you know, think from a company perspective, actually in hindsight, you know, and this is, thank goodness, we're in a position now where we, I think organisations are doing so much to make sure that this doesn't happen for women now. Yeah. Because from a productivity point of view and a mental well-being and all the things, you know, I think I've always performed really well, Mm. but... That I cannot have been performing well or performing at my best in that period. I was emotional. Yeah. I, I I remember the emo- being really emotional, but not being like it at work. So I'd kind of get yeah, home and be like in this, yeah, just, I just don't know how I'm doing this. And my poor husband. And look, you know, I'm I'm blessed in the sense that I have. We don't have a lot of family around us actually, so we've we've been quite self sufficient at night. But my husband is just a trooper, right? He's just amazing and. I couldn't. I couldn't be who I am, mm. and he's enabled me mm. to have a career. Because he's self-employed, and he's he? self-employed. Yeah, so he has a little bit, maybe a bit more flexibility than you had at the time. And and it's partly choice as well. And I think I think one of the challenges, I think one of the big challenges for us is that we it's hindered his business growth. Right. So he'll say, you know, actually, because your your career takes or takes precedent, it's actually meant that I've not been able to grow my business to the to to that that I wanted to or could have been able to but that's also a choice that actually he is very much of the view that I want to there to be a constant parent during the week mm. and so actually you know we he will get the opportunity to do that when our youngest starts school right but as it stands I think it's very much of you and I support it completely that actually to have somebody that's always there at tea time you know he's home with them he'll have tea with them we've got a nanny and she's amazing actually she's like my surrogate mum really but yeah. you know and I think if you get if you can get really good network of help around you, it doesn't matter whether they're related or non-related. I think children just need to be loved. Yes. Yeah. I yes. think if you know as a parent that your children are getting love and loads of it at home, then actually it enables you then to do what you need to do at work. And mm-hmm. I'm really lucky that I have that network. Yeah. So, so so Matt's business kind of struggled a little bit, and then you, yeah. you also mentioned that your career didn't progress at the pace that you Definitely. it may have done. I mean, yeah. why do you think that is? I think partly that would have been me and my confidence, I think. I think I probably would have had a part to play. Um, I think there was definitely a view, probably in that period when I first came back to work. And I can't remember specific examples, but I remember talking around it, that is that really, you know, would you really want that, given the fact that you've got a young family? You know, do you want to be doing that sort of travel? There are... Times oh, where things okay. like that were mentioned okay. when when you've got, obviously, the family at home. So people are making assumptions on your behalf. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I think what I've, what I've done, you know, I think I have pushed really hard at Vitality. They've, they've never been under any illusion that I was ambitious. And I think what I had to do was any time a role was available, I had to apply for it, even if it was right. way beyond my reach... I just went for it anyway and just made sure that I was always saying to the right people, I want you to know that I'm putting my name in the ring for this. Right. And 
I was always having those conversations, knowing that at the, knowing that I was applying for things that I would not get. Right. But I felt like I've just got to put myself outside of my comfort zone and make sure that they un- they know that I'm ambitious. And you've just got to keep doing it. And I think the challenge with women often is that we don't do that. That yeah. we yes. wait to be asked. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and you won't be asked. Yeah. You know, so. That's um, that's something that we had Rose on, on the podcast. Yeah. And, and we were talking about that thing between confidence and courage. And when you don't have confidence, you, you bring in courage. And I'm yeah. sure that took a lot of courage because if you weren't feeling particularly confident... Uh, and women, we, we tend not yeah. to sometimes. Yeah. And so, yeah, the, the courage to actually just say, do you know what, I know I'm going to get rejected. I'm yeah. just going to do it. Yeah. yeah. And it does. You do put yourself in a position where you're rejected and you feel silly. Mm. And that's not, you know, you kind of feel that your seniors are, yeah, Hillary's applied for this role. I mean, what was she thinking? <laughs> <laughs> and they probably yeah. did. Yeah. But yeah. actually what it's meant that here I am today and I've actually had a number of different roles with Vitality um, and how fortunate I've been, yeah. um, but I've ha- I've I've had to make that happen, and I've had yeah. to push for it. Yeah, we also had um, I think it was Karen who came on um, mm. several weeks ago, and yeah. was talking about um, how yes, you might need to take a step back in your career when when you do have a family for for various reasons. Yeah. Um, it might be because you take time off. It might be because of assumptions that are made in your organisation about what you can do, or what you're willing to do. But don't feel like that that means your career is going to be on hold forever, that mm-hmm. you can definitely put your foot back down as soon as you yeah. feel like you're ready. It's just got to do, you've got to do what's right and what's ready when you're ready. Absolutely agree with that. And actually, you know, it's not it's not fair also to say that all women should take a year off or two mm-hmm. years off or mm-hmm. th- three months. Everyone is different. And, you know, okay, I, I didn't have a choice, but I... I'm not that I'm not somebody that would have taken a year off if I could have done. Okay. I, I love what I do. I mm. love work. I love my children, but I need the structure and I need that sense of accomplishment that I get from my corporate world and my my career. Yeah. So I th- but but I would have had six months, and I Fine. would have been in a position where I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have been breastfeeding. Probably I would have seen that through and then come back to work to yeah. take some of that strain away. I think. Yeah. But, who knows? Right. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolutely fantastic conversation and we'd love to have you back at any time. But thank, thank you so thank much. You thank you so yourselves. much. Thank you. A lot has changed since Hillary was last on maternity leave across the industry and Vitality is keen to express how they support their staff when they start a family. They've confirmed that they support new parents in a number of ways, including offering equalised maternity and paternity leave to all staff and up to 18 weeks paid leave depending on the amount of continuous service a person has. New parents are supported back into the workplace with either formal or informal flexible working arrangements and appropriate facilities for expressing milk are being provided in all sites. Vitality is also part of the Women in Finance Chartered Insurance Institute's Insuring Women's Futures and we'll also be joining the ABI's Transparent Leave and Pay initiative. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to get in touch, you can do so via our Twitter account, at RiskyMix. We'd love to hear your thoughts and questions. And if you know any inspirational women in the industry who you think would be great for the Risky Mix podcast, get in touch. See you next week.